Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, hello again, you fantastic human being. Thank you so much for joining me in part two with the incredible Dr. Will Tuttle. It is a privilege and honor to be with you again. If you listen to part one, you know how in-depth and knowledgeable uh, Dr. Tuttle is. So in this one, we're going to just dive deeper. We talk about looking beyond materialism. We talk about hurting as a direct erosion of our intelligence. We talk about um, grow as much as why you should grow as much food as you can yourself, having a morning ritual. And uh, we dive a little bit into consciousness, um, understanding more about meat and veganism and uh, what the hurting culture does. So, you know, this part two is, is really in-depth. Dr. Will Tuttle is really knowledgeable, intelligent, intelligent, incredible human being. So you're going to love this episode. I want to thank everybody who has been supporting me. Um, the easiest thing that you can do to support the podcast is to do an act of kindness today. Uh, please do that to support the podcast. If you want to, you can leave a review. And uh, I want to thank... Um, n- Nalena Delaney, something like that from Germany. It's pretty hard because it's all one word, um, but it just says my favorite podcast. So many interesting topics and perfect resource to learn and grow. So if you want to support the show, please leave a review. And if you want to, um, please support me on Patreon, take an action. Um, even a chip and a buck in the bucket goes a super long way. And I want to thank so much to Sarah Vogel, who took an action. She went over to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair and chipped a buck in the bucket, just like you would somebody playing guitar on the street or something to support their creativity and work. So it really is helpful if you do that and um, shares and all that kind of stuff um, to get the word out are extremely useful. So thank you so much for all of my patrons, everybody who shared, who's left a review, who's taken an action, um, who feel I get value from these incredible guests. So um, please do what you can to spread the word. Um, It really does help. And I appreciate you very, very much. Uh, I want to thank my new sponsor, David Lombear Senapass, who's not really a sponsor, just somebody that I'm promoting because he is truly an absolutely extraordinary human being. I'm here in Maine studying with him. Um, he was told by his elders to teach this um, knowledge to the non-natives. So I'm doing my best to support him and his work. Um, check out LoneBearsArts.com. And if you look at his jewelry, his vibrational jewelry, it actually creates a magnetic field. There's a lot of reactive jewelry out there. People say it does this and does that. Um, but he's a scientist and he's pretty skeptical of a lot of them. Um, his actually creates a magnetic field that you can measure and he'll show you when we're working on on those videos now so if you want true reactive jewelry go check out lonebearsarts.com he makes them all by hand and it takes a long long time so they should be like thousands of dollars and i think they're only like a 100 bucks or so i have a few and i buy them for my friends all the time because it is legit so go check him out he is truly extraordinary and i support him 100 so if you support me please go support him um 
For those of you guys who want coaching, just go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. I've gotten a lot of feedback where people are like, oh, it's like so beyond, you know, we were resistant to reach out. But really, I work with what I would say is the average Joe, people just looking to level up. I consider myself to be an average Joe. I just, this is a field of interest for me, consciousness, spirituality, and personal development. Um, And all the tools and techniques and things are actually very simple. So if you're looking to level up, if you want to get more out of life, if you want to figure out how to overcome blocks and... And, you know, remove limiting beliefs and design and create and live an ideal life that you create, just hit me up at mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. And if you are like a high powered CEO or you are an athlete, you know, I'm peak performance, flow state and all that all day, every day. And uh, if you want me to speak, just reach out uh, matt at zenathlete.com and we can handle all those inquiries. So that's about it. Go to mattbelair.com to um, sign up for the email list. And there's a free lucid dreaming if you go forward slash lucid dreaming. Um, So yeah, you can check that out. There's a free audio and an ebook and all that kind of fun stuff. I think that I've covered everything other than, oh yeah, go check out zenathlete.com. It should just be Zen Life. It really is a spiritual book. Um, but I wrote it for kids with the idea to help kids through sports. So it could be Zen life, Zen music, Zen business. It doesn't matter. It really is the keys to identifying what matters most to you, how to get there quickly and easily without resistance to encode into your mind and body, the belief systems that you need to achieve that thing. Um, and to make sure that you get there and you enjoy the process from a state of being whole, perfect, harmonious, full of self love and joy the entire process. So that's also what we do in the coaching and things like that. So if you know any coaches out there, if you know anybody who wants to level up, police, fire department, anything like that, happy to give books away and support everybody doing good things for other people. So thank you so much for getting into this. Um, Remember to do an act of kindness today. And before we get into it, let's just take three deep breaths to come to a state of peace and coherence. So wherever you are, just taking a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath. And just let it out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. Just becoming fully present now, just in this moment, getting into your body. Taking another deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath. And just let it out slowly with all the cares, all the worries, all the self-criticisms, all the doubts and anxieties. Taking one more deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath. And just come to a state of full peace and relaxation and coherence now, remembering that you are an amazing multidimensional being connected to spirit and all life, that universal intelligence flows through you, and that you are magical as a mother effer. So now we are ready to get into part two with the man, the incredible Dr. Will Tuttle. Right. I didn't know what the hell to eat at first, uh, but there's a lot of resources, so... Yeah, great. Okay, thanks, Matt. Yeah, um, I think I mean this is the this is the resource. This is one resource. I think if you just read the World Peace Diet, there's a lot in there. My wife has um, put together in the back. Uh, of, it's called Intuitive Cooking, and it's a whole. It's like a whole shopping list, and then meal ideas for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's really relatively simple, actually, and everyone. And also we have a YouTube channel with lots of cooking demos and, and things like that if you want to. And, and, and really the internet is awash in vegan YouTube <laughs> and vegan recipes. I mean, there's literally millions upon millions. Uh, and also there's lots of great sort of 30-day vegan transition programs you can kind of go on. The most important thing, I think, is to cultivate motivation, first of all, to you know, understand the importance of this. Because if we're, not, if we're motivated, we can do anything. 
if we're not motivated, it doesn't matter how easy it is. I'm just not going to get around to it. Right. So motivation is important. And I think, um, it's important to, uh, understand that there's, you know, we talk about uh, predatory capitalism, right? I mean, this, this sort of capitalist system that, that attacks, uh, forests and, and attacks communities and so forth. And animal agriculture and the pharmaceutical industry and the big petroleum companies, you know, and, the, and big banks, they're all part of the same system, which is basically animal agriculture. That's the root of it. And it's predatory in many ways. It is a predatory system. And they, they, don't make, they haven't made any money on me in the last 40. I haven't even had health insurance in 40 years, right? I haven't gone to a drugstore to buy, uh, you know, the things that everybody's buying, whatever it is, Tums and Rolaids and aspirin and Tylenol and RightGuard and Viagra. I mean, I haven't needed anything. I bought it some band-aids one a few times, but that's it. So they don't make any money. Uh, so I think the more we can get away from supporting predatory capitalism, and I think also ourselves not to be predatory consumers. There's something I, I think is, you know, there's such a thing as predatory consumerism, where I as a consumer think, well, I can just buy whatever the heck I want. I want a burger, I'm going to buy it. I want a new whatever it is, I'm going to buy it. Now that pre predatory consumerism uh, is devastating. You know, it's like I have, I'm entitled. I want this. You know, it's, I'm just going to have it. And because of that, an animal gets killed. Because of that, someone gets enslaved because I want that at a cheap price or whatever. So I think we have to become more conscious and aware of the impact of our uh, actions and to realize the joy in that. It's not giving anything up. People say, gosh, you know, you're giving up something when you go to a vegan. You can't eat this and you can't eat that. This guy the other day asked me, he said, well, don't you sometimes just crave having a burger now and then? And I said, <laughs> I said, really, my, you know, my good friend, his name was Russ. I said, Russ, I crave having a burger about as much as I crave taking a bite out of your arm <laughs> right now. <laughs> don't worry. I'm not going to take a bite out of your arm. I, like, there's no, you're, you're not food. You know, don't worry. You're not food. I don't look at you. It's like I'm going to eat you. And it's the same thing with the animals. They're not food. They're, they're living their lives. I, I, the last thing I'm going to do is eat them. But, you know, there's a transition that, that can take place there. But I think the main thing is to, uh, to realize that there are literally millions of people who are thriving on plant-based meals and there's industries that are growing now. I mean, there's, when, I, when I went, like I was joking before, that we made the first vegan ice cream and it was terrible. I mean, nowadays, what's really interesting to read is that these, these, new, um, these new products like vegan ice cream and vegan cheese and uh, many vegan burgers and things, they're actually driven primarily by non-vegans buying them because they're actually better than the non-vegan cheese and the non-vegan ice cream and the non-vegan burgers. I mean, actually taste better. They're lighter. They, people feel better. You know, I'm telling you, you'll feel so much better moving away from, because the, the animal foods, they're very, they, they concentrate toxins. I mean, we have to just think about the toxic load in an animal, in animal based foods. I mean, really it's, it's shocking that we're, that people still eat animal foods today. When you understand the talk, the, the level of toxins, because, First of all, literally, I, I don't know the exact statistics, but it's millions of tons of herbicides, fungicides, pesticides are manufactured every year to be sprayed on fields of food. There are virtually no regulations on if the food is going to go to animals, right, to pigs and cows and chickens. 
And so these animals eat enormous quantities of food. These animals are, in many ways, are eating machines. They're bread, they're, they're, they're natural, <laughs> they eat a lot. And so they're eating huge quantities of these grains and they concentrate in the flesh. All these pesticides, herbicides, and fungi, they, they all concentrate in the flesh of these animals. Then they don't, like for example with cows, they don't just feed the cows grass like they would, like they're supposed to do. They feed them grain. Cows would never eat grain, but it fattens them up and makes them give more milk. So they're eating corn and soy, alfalfa. These are very rich foods, which makes them fat. And so then, uh, it makes them sick and actually causes cancer, causes E. coli is one of the main things. Uh, so people get sick from E. coli, which is because cows are sick from E. coli from eating uh, grain, but they don't stop with grain. They feed them meat. So all these animals, these cows and pigs and chickens, they're all eating fish meal. There's like half of the, of the fish that are caught is not eaten by humans. It's eaten by animals, by cows. Have you seen, anyone seen a cow trying to catch a fish? You know, they're eating huge amounts of fish because, again, scientists discovered that if you feed cows meat, it's profitable. They give more milk and they fatten up. So what's in fish? I mean, fish concentrate heavy metals, PCBs, dioxins, nuclear radiation, all these, these horrific toxins that end up from the land in the water. They concentrated in their flesh that literally millions of times more in their flesh than in the water they're swimming in because they're breathing the water. Plus, they're, if the, they're usually the large fish that we like to eat. Uh, or they get fed to cows are are usually at the top of long food chains. So they're so it concentrates all the way up the food chain. So then when so then when it's fed to a cow and then it concentrates the most more than anywhere in the fatty tissues of these animals, which is what people want. They want the fat, and in the milk of these animals and the eggs. So we're eating a huge load of of all heavy metals, PCBs, dioxins, and and all the pesticide residues. That's so not only those toxins, then on top of that, we're getting all the hormones. There's over 10,000 different drugs and hormones that have been approved to be injected into or mixed into the feed of, of these imprisoned animals. That's why the pharmaceutical industry hates vegans because we're not buying the food that the, all their pharmaceuticals go into for these animals. these animals. So these animals, the flesh and secretions of these animals have all the residues of all these drugs that these animals are forced to take. Plus, beyond that, there's naturally occurring hormones. Like, for example, in dairy products, there's IGF-1 growth hormone, which is carcinogenic. There's no adult human that should have any IGF-1 growth hormone in our body after the age of 18. But as soon as we're eating dairy, we're getting this IGF-1 growth hormone for the little, it's supposed to be for the little calf to grow because it's in the milk. And so this is understood clearly today to be one of the driving forces behind breast cancer, prostate cancer, colon cancer is dairy products because of IGF-1 growth hormone that were the naturally occurring hormones. Also estrogen. There's a lot of estrogen in milk. And, and, the, and men with all their problems, uh, all kinds of problems, too much estrogen. You can't imagine what it does. And um, other hormones, prolactin, progesterone, that are in milk. So we're getting all these naturally, and then casein, for example. Casein is a protein, the main protein in milk, which little calves have renin, which is an enzyme to break down casein. We don't have renin. We can't break down casein. So it's, a, again, a very powerful carcinogen, naturally occurring. So even if someone eats totally organic, free-range, whatever, it's still full of toxins and guaranteed it causes terrible suffering. That's one of the things people say, well, it's okay for me because I have free-range eggs or I have free-range meat or grass-fed meat or humane, humane beef or whatever. 
There's no humane beef. And we have to really understand this, Clayton. There's nothing that's not free of toxins. Toxins concentrate in these foods, and they're naturally occurring in these foods, and our body has to deal with it, and the violence is absolutely inescapable. These animals are all killed. How are they killed? They're killed usually in a slaughterhouse. It's usually it's the same slaughterhouse, uh, these large-scale slaughterhouses that where the, the lion speeds are too fast and the poor animals very often are not stunned properly and they're skinned and so forth while they're still conscious. That's a common occurrence. We don't know what these poor animals go through when we see the meat. But there's been studies done, and I've seen, I, can, I won't go too much into it, but I'll just tell you, a lot of studies have been done in undercover investigations that small-scale operations, backyard operations, are extremely abusive. Sometimes it's because people don't know what they're doing. Sometimes it's because animal agriculture brings out the worst in people, unfortunately. When you've got to just sell products, pretty soon the animals don't do what you want. You start hitting them and you start beating them and you start neglecting them. And I've gone to many sanctuaries where farm animals are living out their lives that somehow escaped this gulag that most never escape. In North America and Australia, you know, sanctuaries are all over the world. They're beautiful places where cows and pigs and chickens are living out their lives because people do care about them. But I've talked to the people that run these sanctuaries, and they say when they get animals that come from commercial you know, factory farms, they're horribly abused. And when they get animals that somehow escape from backyard operations, they're just as horribly and sometimes more horribly abused. And uh, in the small-scale slaughterhouses also, it's, studies have been done. Um, where in the large scales, you know, they're just, they're just, the animals are whizzing by so fast, they just barely have time to cut their throats. But in the small scale slaughterhouses, unfortunately, they have a lot of time to kill the animals. And so, again, as time goes on, the, the workers get more and more sadistic and they start torturing the animals to death. So when people go into these, uh, these local uh, places where they're getting some kind of small scale animal meat or, or eggs or cheese, they think, oh, this is good. It's probably worse. There's many reasons. I, I could talk a long time about this, but they're not allowed. I mean, the thing, for example, mastitis, which, which is rampant on all dairies, organic and non-organic, the animals do get infected udders. So their, their udders get, mast, it's called mastitis, where the, where the, the um, uh, antibiotics are usually used on commercial dairies so that the milk will keep flowing. But if it's, but if it's an organic dairy, they're not allowed to use, they're not allowed to use, um, uh, any antibiotics. And so when the cows get mastitis on an organic dairy, they can't use antibiotics, so they use a mechanical method because the udder gets clogged, the, the teats get clogged, the milk can't get out, the udder is like swelling with milk, and so they have this like corkscrew and they screw it up the teat and rip it down, which is agonizingly painful for the cow just to op mechanically open up the teat. This is what goes on on organic dairies. I mean, people are proud of getting organic milk. You shouldn't be proud. You should be ashamed. I mean, it's, it's a hideous abuse of female animals that are raped on rape racks. Their babies are stolen. There's no difference between organic at all. It's worse in terms of violence and abuse to female animals. So there's no way to get animal foods that does not involve killing them, abusing them, uh, and it's unnecessary. <laughs> all the nutrients, all the vitamins, all the minerals, the, the proteins, the carbohydrates, the fiber, you know, everything we need to thrive comes from plants. This is, this is how the, the thing was set up, right? And why do we do this? Why do, we've been given this wonderful gift. You know, all of us have been given the gift of a physical body that does not require any animals to suffer. 
to get all the nutrients we need to thrive and celebrate our lives. The thing is, we've just been born into a culture where from the time we're little infants, we've been lied to. We've been said, you got to eat this, you got to eat that. So we take that gift we've been given and we reject it and we stab animals anyway and cause them enormous suffering. And, and then we eat that suffering and then we get all the diseases and we create a society of injustice and war and conflict and predatory capitalism and predatory consumerism, which is going to destroy everything. And it's all based on animal agriculture on this delusion that we have to imprison these animals. So the more we can question that and, and live it and show people by our example, it's not necessary. Um, then the more I think this transformation uh, will happen and, we're at a, like I say, we're at a critical time, but the uh, just understanding, I think, the toxicity. I talk in the World Peace Diet about not only physical toxins that I talked about, but metaphysical toxins. There's a whole chapter called The Metaphysics of Food. So besides all those toxins I mentioned, like the PCBs and the dioxin and the nu all that and the hormones and all the pesticide residues and all, the, all, that, all that stuff, there's also, what else? There's metaphysical toxins. I'm eating terror and fear and pain and despair and misery. Do I want to actually build this beautiful body with bricks of misery and violence and abuse? No, nobody wants to. Why would we do that? But the thing is, animal agriculture, what it does is it creates a society that's materialistic. And by materialism, I mean that in the philosophical sense. Um, materialism is a philosophy that nothing exists unless you can measure it, right? Science, scientism, you know, this there's nothing exists like, you know, and so it's amazing to me that like these ancient cultures like India or China, like when I was in China, um, people who are making the meals have to be well grounded in meditation because it's well understood that if you're making meals for people, especially for monks, you need to have a mind that's focused and that's calm because otherwise if you're kind of, if the person's kind of distracted and so forth, the energy, the chi and the food won't be very good. And in India, they say the same thing about prana, you know, the energy. The mother, when she cooks her meal, she should cook the meal with love because the, what really feeds the family is the love in the meal. And then when we're eating the food, we should be conscious and be grateful because our mind and our body are not actually separate. This is, a, this is not materialism. This is, I would say, a much more uh, conscious way of understanding. It's not based on materialism, not based on reductionism. But I was born into a society where people say, that's crazy. These people are superstitious. There's no such thing as chi. Boy, you can't measure prana. What a bunch of baloney. We got we to be factual. We got to be rational. We got to be logical. No, this is all there is. This is it. This is all that exists. You're just born. You're going to die. You're just a machine. You're a, body, you're a physical biochemical machine, and you're just driven by your evolutionary drives to mate and procreate and eat and compete, and that's all you are. And that's what we're talking I mean, you can't think of a more toxic narrative than this narrative that we're just our body and our only happiness comes from procreating and consuming. But that's, that narrative is taught in our educational system, that we've evolved somehow and um, that, that uh, we're, we're just a machine, a thing that was born and will die, an object, a commodity. And it's a small step from commodifying animals, turning them into commodities, and commodifying ourselves. And I, have to, I remember how terrible it was. I had to make up a resume. I had to sell myself like some kind of product on the market. Here I am, buy me, you know. I mean, what is worse for anyone's self-esteem than to have to sell yourself like you're, like you're a product? Like we do to animals. We sell them by the pound. We sell each other. We buy each other. We say, well, do this job and I'll pay you this much. 
And uh, if you don't do it, I'll find somebody else who'll do it. I don't want to do that. That's unethical. Well, I'll pay you this. If you don't, I'll find someone else to do it. So you get people to do all kinds of unethical things and get paid a lot of money to do that because it's a system based on materialism, on reducing everything to just matter. Uh, you know, when we look at a cow, we don't see a being. We see just an, a thing, an object. So what veganism is, is looking beyond the material level to see the being, to see the consciousness, to see the light in the eyes of these cows and pigs and chickens and of other human beings and of ourselves and see there's someone there who's eternal and who, and who, who matters and to see them with love and kindness and respect. And when we do that, we not only make them happy, we make ourselves happy. We create a foundation for happiness. That's the truth. You know, these, these lies of materialism, they're founded on, when you get a, a culture that's been practicing animal agriculture for 10,000 years, you get the kind of insanity of corporations that are actually, they're considered living beings. You know, corporations in the United States have rights. Animals don't even have rights, but corporations, which are, fig, which are human figments, are actually considered beings. I mean, how, how is this possible? It's only in animal agriculture you could have such insanity going on, and everybody acts like it's normal. And we're destroying the ecosystems while we're doing it, and we're eating these animals. And so that's the thing. The mentality we get, essentially, is a mentality of disconnectedness with every meal. Don't make the connections. What is intelligence? Intelligence is the ability to make connections, both ethically, cognitively, and spiritually. Every meal is teaching us, don't make the connections. Stay shallow. It's just bacon. What is, where did the bacon come from? It came from the store. It's just bacon. <laughs> you know, don't think about it. You know, we're taught to just don't think about it. Just stay shallow. Don't make the connection. If we, if we practice that teaching, then we learn, we become very skillful at not making connections. That means we become very skillful at being unintelligent. We become really good at being unintelligent. We have a whole society that's very good at being unintelligent. We can cut down the rainforest. We can destroy oceans. We can destroy, we can, you know, we can use our wonderful resources to build bombs instead of feeding hungry people. I mean, what kind of intelligence do we have? We don't have, we, animal agriculture is a direct eroding influence on our intelligence on every level. And so that we learn not to care deeply, feel deeply, think deeply, listen deeply. And every meal teaches us that. And so we're constantly learning that at a deep level and reinforcing that ritualistically. And it becomes the cells of our body. And, and the other mentalities, there's, there's many of them. I'll just give a couple. Disconnectedness, commodification, you know, actually turning a being into a commodity. You're, you're just something I buy and sell. I mean, who would ever do that? But that's what, that's what animal agriculture teaches us. And then, uh, like I said earlier, privilege, elitism, entitlement, every meal is injecting that into us. The domination of the feminine, every meal is injecting that into us. This basic idea that the feminine is here to be used, to be exploited, to be oppressed. That, you know, how can we ever have real harmony between genders or real harmony in families when we're eating animal foods based on dominating, exploiting females and, and children? That's what it's about, breaking the bond you know, doing birth in a way that's violent. Like that, this is something I just take your baby. I'm going to inject your baby with whatever I want. And, you know, like they're just a little calf that you own. So, so we have to understand that essentially animal agriculture is a, a system that the tentacles go everywhere in the outer world and in, in the physical body and in our mentality and in our shared cultural life. 
and everything it touches, it's damaging. So the good news is when we understand this and we move toward organic, I would say organic is really helpful uh, because herbicides, pesticides, and fungicides are harmful to fish and birds and insects and bees and butterflies and so forth. And local as much as possible and whole foods as much as possible, processed foods with chemicals and dyes and things are not a good idea to be eating. So if we can just move our, our life more toward a foundation of whole plant-based foods, and grow as much as we can ourselves. We, we lived for 18 years, 17 years, well, actually 18 years in an RV, so all I could grow was sprouts, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> but, uh, but now we, we've got a little bit of land here, and we're, we're growing, a, we have a food forest, and we're, we're growing, um, you know, we've, we've planted about 30 fruit trees and nut trees, and we have vegetables and, and berries and herbs, and we bring it in and we eat it, and we know where our food is coming from, and, and we can, or we can buy from local people, farmers markets, and support them. And the more we can create lo local, organic, community-based agriculture, community-based energy, you know, we have solar panels, all the energy that for everything that comes from the sun. I don't, you know, we feed energy back year-round pretty much into the grid, and, and then we have a house battery, so the grid goes down, then we still have energy. You know, I think the more we can become self-sufficient for energy and for food and in our consciousness and question materialism and realize that what we are is an eternal being that was never born and will never die and that we're here with a purpose and our purpose is to awaken and to contribute the unique gifts that we have to the celebration of life here and to contribute our, uh, our unique adventure. And that as we do that, we are finding meaning in our life and our life, we are living authentically. And, and that naturally we feel happy. If we're living authentically, we're happy. We're, we're, we're connecting with the inner joy that is our true nature. And as soon as I stop living authentically, as soon as I'm living somebody else's life, then there's frustration and, 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 and anyone eating animal foods, we're doing, that's not a person, that's not a choice anyone ever made. We're eating animal foods because we've been told to do that. It's an order we're following. That was not a free choice. It was something we're doing just because we've been told to do that. And I think the more we, we question these orders that have been injected into us without our permission, whatever they are, and come to our own decisions, then our life has authenticity and we become a light to others in this planet. Holy smokes, man. Uh, <laughs> and now we've used up our time, I think. <laughs> wow. I'm, that was extraordinary. Really uh, powerful information. And uh, the way that you share it is really uh, beautiful and, and so well-rounded and non-confrontational. Yeah. <laughs> Got some, yeah. you know, the, the classic vegan comedy thing is like, whatever, but um, <laughs> you, know, you, you know, you, you're a smart guy. You've done a lot of research and I can even tell when you're glossing over pharmaceuticals, things like that. Those are some things that I've dove deep into and then you see it for what it is. And you're like, Oh man, holy crap. And, and nobody really gives a crap. That's what, I, that's what mm -hmm. surprised me when I started, I was curious about why we still had war found some things, discovered most people don't give a crap. Hence why I have a podcast because I want to talk to people who care and want to look at it and say, right. okay, look, I learned this. What can we do to build the solution, right? Because this is causing this. And so if we can create a better world for ourselves and future generations, because, you know, planet earth, if you kind of take a peek at the science is going down like the Titanic and you do matter. And like, a, a group of people make a massive difference. You can make a massive difference. It, it is challenging at the beginning though, because you don't feel like you're doing anything. Mm 
Um, but right. Right. you know, it's, I, it's a challenge. And I even go through that now with the podcast and I'm working, I'm like not happy. And I was like, why am I not happy? It's like, just, you know, and so I got to sit and, and figure that out. Um, but as I said at the beginning, um, hour and a half, you know, cause I know your time, you could talk to me for, I'll sit here. <laughs> you want to go for 10 hours and continue to educate me? I will sit down and I'll learn because you have earned that right. You know, you, you're a very beautiful person. That's really intelligent. That's done the research and is, and is living it and walking the path. It's a really easy to say, go do some squats and don't eat animals or, or, you know, be 40 years and just share a message that you feel can make a positive impact. Um, so that being said, um, I'll give it back to you. If you want to go deeper, you can. I have a hundred million questions. Um, but if you just want to wrap up clo- closing, closing thoughts where people can find you. And I was just going to give one kind of gloss over idea that I had because, you know, people are looking for awakening, uh, enlightenment, you know, finding our purpose. Who am I? You've done all that stuff. And I feel like you can succinctly share somebody living in the world right now they could be 20 they could be 50 they're not happy they're doing a job they're showing up because that's slavery too slavery is going somewhere you don't want to go right and you and then the smartest thing about the slavery is thinking that you're free you're not if you're going somewhere (laughs) if you're going somewhere every day you don't want to be there you are not free that's it so how the hell do we get there but how do we find that inner peace too so that's a big broad statement that i'll queue up for closing thoughts if you want or you know just okay. send it back all right thanks matt thank you yeah that's a beautiful summary that you just gave and i think uh really i guess what i would close with is that the um the inner world and the outer world are not essentially separate so if we if i want to improve my outer world if i want to improve the outer quality of my days it's important to do some work on that level of, of working out there, but mainly the work is inner. Um, the world in many ways is a mirror of my consciousness. So if I don't like what I see out there, you know, it's, it's kind of like um, this old uh, Tibetan Buddhist teacher said, if you don't like what the face you see in the mirror, you think there's dirt on that face, don't try to clean the dirt off the mirror. It's actually on your own face. You got to turn around, <laughs> clean it here. And I think, like having a morning um, discipline or a more, it's not, to me, it's not even a discipline, but I think, uh, but, it, but it, maybe it's like a discipline in the, in the beginning, but to really take time every morning to create the foundation for the day. Uh, make like wake up in the morning and I think it's good to get up early personally. I just think it's, it's a good energy thing to do. And um and, and make a discipline that the first thought I, I'm going to have is just gratitude. I'm so grateful for another day to learn, to grow, to contribute. Can't wait to see what great things will happen today. You know, kind of just see because we don't know what can happen. And, and uh, to, to basically have a sense of gratitude and joy for a day. To cultivate that uh, basic idea that my life is a gift and it's not going to last forever. I mean, everyone... That's why it's precious because it goes by quickly. And, and really, I mean, I, I just the other day I was in my early 20s. Now I'm in my mid 60s. I don't know where it all went. It goes very quickly. So to um, to realize that and to set that tone, and then and then maybe take some time. I usually, I usually try to take maybe like one couple of hours. Like I do an hour of just meditating, always, no matter what, just uh, turning the attention within and just listening and. Um, in, in realizing that what I am is not just whole uh, constellation of thoughts that are always going, but there's 
uh, a witness behind that. I don't like to put a name on it, but there's, you know, uh, an awareness and, and to remember not to just let, to, to take time so that I'm not just propelled by my thoughts throughout, through the day to take time to just be. So an hour, I think, you know, but whatever. And then also in the morning, I always spend some time doing some physical activity, whatever that is, you know, some Tai Chi, some yoga, some, some jump rope, push-ups, whatever, running around and, you know, use our body and get, you know, it's really good to have uh, physical exercise that is, uh, that you feel, I, mean, I don't want to tell people, you know, Tai uh, Qigong can be good, lots of different things, but things that, that you feel really help your energy and, um, and all, you know, cardio and stretching, I think, you know, strength, all these things are helpful because uh, our body and mind are connected. So meditation and, and, and then something physical, I think, you know, having a beginning, a good foundation for the day, uh, and then having uh, maybe a little time to write in a journal or to, and or maybe read some spiritual book or some inspiring book to kind of get the thoughts in a certain way for the day. Uh, the, I think it's good to just have, make sure we carve out time. If, if people say, well, I don't have time in the morning, I have too much to do, then, you know, just go to bed earlier, get up earlier, <laughs> and you're going to do something. Um, you know, we, have to, we can't just be the victim and, and say, oh, I just, you know, I'll do it and next year, I'll do it. You know, we, today is the day. You know, now is the time. And every moment is really the time. So every moment be as where as possible. And, that, and, and when we spend an hour sitting in meditation, then, that, then the flavor of that, the aroma of that can follow us throughout the day. We can take time maybe every, every hour to just breathe a few times and remember the truth that I'm, I'm aware, I'm conscious, I'm awake. And I think it's good just to notice, uh, notice you know, what, what our thoughts are. Really, really uh, be aware that we're, our, our thoughts are creating our reality and our experience. And the other thing is, I think, to just make an, a real um, effort to have harmonious relationships with other people in, in sense of seeing the best in them and, and, and affirming that, that in them. And um, I think when we do that, it, it really helps create a field uh, that blesses everyone. And we can all contribute to that field. So uh, to build our relationships carefully and uh, feed them, you know, feed whoever we're with, you know, tell them that you appreciate them. And uh, there's a great saying by um, James Taylor uh, song, shower the people you love with love, let them know how you feel. You know, I think that's really important and, and we can love everyone. So just to, to share with people how much we appreciate them. We don't have to agree with them, but you know, everyone is wounded. We're all, we all went through a lot of difficult times and people who are nasty to us perhaps or whatever, they've gone through their wounds. And so it doesn't help to kick them again and say, you jerk, you know, they're already wounded. You know, try to be healing. Love is healing. Love is it. You know, the more we love others, the more we love our earth, the more we love our own life, the more joy and peace and freedom we'll be able to experience and the deeper we can go in meditation. That's why behavior and consciousness are so important to see them together. Like in, as a Zen monk, there was like all these vows of how we would behave ethically. You know, and people say all oh, vows and, and beha ethical behavior. That's not important because if our consciousness goes to a high level, then our behavior will naturally go to a higher level. That's true, but that's only half the, half the truth. Our, our consciousness can never go higher than the level of our behavior. We have to understand that. So our consciousness can go really high, but only if our behavior <laughs> supports it. So that's one of the reasons why if I'm eating animals. I'm actually paying people to kill and stab and steal 
I'm breaking the precepts, you know, I'm, I'm causing suffering. And so my consciousness is going to hit a ceiling. So the deeper we practice kindness and love, not only to other human beings, but to, especially to those who are vulnerable, vulnerable in our hands like animals, the more our behavior becomes in integrity and the higher our consciousness can go now. And it will, and, is it, and it's true, as it goes higher, our behavior will purify. But that's an important point. A lot of people think that if they become really spiritual, then they can kind of do anything they want. And you gotta, that's really dangerous. You know, we are called, when, as our consciousness goes higher, to become even more clear of how interconnected we are with everyone and not, and not to use that as, a, as any kind of rationalization to manipulate or to use others for our own benefit, to, um, to always treat others with respect and, and not go down that road. And um, so I think you know, the, the ancient wisdom teachings, it's great. There are some wonderful spiritual teachers, and, but each one of us, I think, ultimately is our own spiritual teacher to take time every day to cultivate internally and then to realize that doors can open. You know, I didn't know how it was going to happen. Every once in a while, we make a leap. You know, I didn't know if I could ever make a living. You know, I, I took a big leap when I, I resigned teaching college. I had a secure position. I could teach. I was set for life. And something was saying, gosh, it'd be great to just be free and just travel and just play the piano and whatever. And I, I, did, I didn't want to have to grade papers for the rest of my life and you know, grade people. <laughs> so I took that leap. And sometimes, you know, you'll find times, you know, you take a leap. But I think if we do the inner work, when we take the leap, the universe will support us in some way. We may not see it at first, but just keep taking those leaps. And um, it's, it's ultimately, it's a benevolent universe we live in and will support our growth if we can um, authentically, as best we can, uh, connect with our true nature and make an effort to do that. So there's a lot of great things happening, a lot of people doing wonderful things. And we can join together at our heart level and support them and give thanks for their efforts. And we, I think together we are transforming our planet. It really is up to each one of us, like Gandhi said so well, to be the change we would like to see in the world and in others. We want them to be nicer and more peaceful than there's only one person I can change, and that's me. I, I can't actually change other people, but I can plant seeds. So we can't change people, but we can plant seeds. And the way we plant them is by living it. There's a great poem by Walt Whitman, uh, Song of the Open Road. He says in there, I and mine, we do not convince by arguments. We convince by our presence. I think that's it. You know, we can try to argue people to try to get them to change, but we've already lost the argument if we're not living. <laughs> but when we actually are living this, people just will be inspired to change. And that, I think, is really the, the, the main reason why we need to ultimately just work on ourselves. It's the hardest thing, but the best. <laughs> Amazing, man. That was just beautiful and spectacular and so well put. I'm so, I'm so glad you came on and huge yeah. shout out to Thomas for making this happen because I wouldn't have yeah. known you existed. So just all of my love and respect and gratitude for who you are, for your work, for spreading the message, for being such a, a beautiful, wise inspiration. Uh, you are awesome. And uh, Thanks, Matt. Same, with, yeah. same to you. Uh, thanks, man. Um, yeah, I really appreciate it. Yeah. I, I think I think that's it. I, I want you to just okay. keep going. Maybe we'll have we'll have you back on the podcast. That's it. It's like I don't even want to close it down. I'm just like I just want you to keep talking to me, making me feel good, also, making me feel a lot of things. You know, like helpless, like inspired, 
you know, worried. It's really amazing, man. I appreciate you coming on. Great. Well, thank you everyone for listening and thank you, Matt, so much. And I'm happy to stay in touch with people. Our ropeacediet.com. If people want to stay in touch, they can uh, send an email or connect up. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds Great. good. Okay. Do it take again. care guys. Yes. Yeah, sounds right. good. Okay. Thanks. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. I hope that you enjoyed that amazing episode with Dr. Will Tuttle. If you like the podcast and you want to support, please just go ahead and take an action and go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair and just toss a buck in the bucket. It really does help keep the podcast going in these building stages and it's three years in and yes we are still in the building stages but it's tons of fun and I'm super grateful to be doing this and being able to speak to these incredible people and share their wisdom and knowledge with you um, you can do an act of kindness that is the most important thing please if you like the uh, the podcast do an action take an action do one act of kindness today pretty please the best thing that you can do um, you could also share and leave a review to help spread the word so all of those things are really great and really appreciated I want to thank my sponsor, David Lone Bear Centipass. You can go to LoneBearsArts.com and get custom-made, one-of-a-kind, handmade, traditional native jewelry that is actually reactive, that creates a magnetic field that is measurable. Um, and so this is true magnetic reactive jewelry um, that creates a harmonic, harmonic field that promotes um, just harmony and clear-mindedness and puts you in a little bit of a vibrational bubble. So all that negativity that's out there and all the, and it helps you just come to a more natural state of coherence. So it's truly incredible stuff. I watched them build it by hand. Um, it takes them quite a bit, but it's, uh, it's an extraordinary process. So if you enjoy the podcast, um, the people that I'm looking for out there in the world, uh, David Lone Bear for me is like the number one person, uh, just an, an extraordinary human being, selfless, um, you know, trying to get a message out that his elders told him to. The first three um, star teachings are kindness, compassion, and happiness. Um, so, you know, I'm all, all about that. And um, yeah, that's it. So go check him out. We also created a Facebook page called uh, facebook.com forward slash distant ancient echoes. Distant ancient echoes echoes and we're putting on more of his research more of his science more of his engineering which he's been very reluctant to share um, but he's starting to share now so absolutely mind-blowing he's doing it all with like basically nothing by donations like barely getting by i'm going to his house and you know giving him a few bucks for groceries and shit like that it's just absolutely ludicrous that this person is not supported it blows my freaking mind and uh that's why i am here in maine doing everything that i can and i can't wait till i uh, grow this podcast and grow um the personal business whatever the heck that means so i can support him more because that's where the support is going but for now i'm giving my time i'm giving my energy and i'm giving the extra money that I have to support him because from what I can see he's the most extraordinary human on the planet um, he was just interviewed on the leak project so go check that out because he, he dives a little bit down the rabbit hole there as well so if you're interested in learning more check out Learn Lone Bears Arts you can hit me up at matt at zenathlete.com um, if you want coaching or speaking from either of us from myself or David just hit us up we are happy to come to where you are and spread a message of kindness compassion happiness consciousness spirituality personal development uh, multiple dimensions whatever so hit us up we want to come and talk to you um, so thank you so much for joining me on another episode and before we close out let's come to three deep breaths so just wherever you are, taking a deep breath in through your nose, coming to a space of peace and coherence now, just dropping into your body and let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. 
Taking another deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just let it out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. Feeling more peaceful and more present, more connected. Taking one more deep breath in through your nose and recognize that this universal intelligent infinity flows through you, that you are a multi-dimensional eternal being, that you exist forever and that you are here on earth by choice to create, to recognize and remember yourself as a creator being. So have fun, be kind, be kind to yourself and follow your joy, follow your bliss and be easy on yourself. So thank you so much for listening and I will see you in another episode tomorrow or the next day. Have an amazing day and have an amazing life. Okay, bye.